0: They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of Mad Madness Unsanctioned. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for tjrwrestling.net. I am here with good friend of the show, Joe Lafferty. And new friend of the show, Paul Carboni. It is a pleasure to have you guys here. We've been trying to do this for how long now? Infinity. Infinity. We've been trying to get this done. Uh, Paul, I hope you're happy to be here. I'm happy happy. to have you. Very happy. We've heard from you a lot on the show, not directly, but it's good to have you here in person.
1: The man behind the questions, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yes. And he's not always known as Joe Lafferty. Sometimes known as some great other things. Giving away
1: my secrets.
0: Well, they don't got to know. They don't got to know who it is. Um, But first time on the show I'd like to let the listeners, viewers Get acclimated to who both of you are What makes you tick as wrestling fans? So Paul, I'll start with you question I like to ask everybody We get a variety of answers What is it that made you fall in love With pro wrestling?
2: Geez, I think wrestling courted me And (laughs) I was not the uh, willing participant Um, I had friends who were into wrestling it was the summer of 92, right up to the leading of SummerSlam. And I had no desire to watch any of it. <laughs> and I actually remember the first match that I watched was a Tatanka match where wow. he squashed the guy. And for whatever <laughs> reason, I was like, I gave it a chance. I think what <laughs> caught me was the extravagance of it all, the theatrics. Um, you know, long hair, flashy tights, you know, the typical early 90s stuff. Yeah. And it just, I, I would say, within the... The two weeks between uh in the lead in before SummerSlam ninety two i i was a, i was a hooked fan by that night,
0: so you were didn't want to give it a chance no you begrudgingly did i and did. you were hooked almost immediately and interestingly
2: if you could if you could take apart my brain, i do have um distinct memories being in my high chair and watching <laughs> the, uh, the Hulk Hogan cartoon Wow as a child. My grandfather was a huge wrestling fan. So I guess I was exposed to it as a, as a wee youngster but my parents got me away from it right quick.
0: So it was dormant for a little while. Very dormant. <laughs> you, were, I, you, know,
2: you were ready for it when he came back. I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> I was sucked in hard and my parents were not thrilled in the least. Now did you watch SummerSlam 92? So that night um, we were, I was 11 years old. No, I didn't. We were actually playing release which is a a Delco favorite. And two of my buddies snuck in, and they watched the main event on Fuzz. And they came out, and they were telling what was happening and things like that. So, no, I didn't watch it. Um, And now it's actually one of my favorite pay-per-views.
0: Well, I think that's good. I think it was meant to be a favorite pay-per-view. 92 was a great year for wrestling. (laughs) What was the main event of that SummerSlam? That was Brett Bulldog. But more importantly, (laughs) you
2: had Warrior Savage, and then you were guessing which uh, corner uh, Perfect and Flair were going to be in. Yeah. So it was like all my favorites at once. And most of them are all, are all dead right now. so
0: it's Which is a sad. shame. It's very sad. <laughs> and Joe, I've known you since kindergarten. It's been a long time. I've pretty much associated you with wrestling. The biggest wrestling fan I knew from all the way back then. What was it that made you fall in love with wrestling?
1: I've been working on this intro for a while. <laughs> and the first thing I want to do is say hi to my kids. One of the best babysitters is YouTube. <laughs> kids, Daddy made it. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm on YouTube. Second, Ron, thanks for having me. Great I, to have I, you I love what you're doing. Thank you. You and the guys. I enjoy asking questions. I enjoy listening every week. <laughs> the listeners are fast-forwarding. So. <laughs> They're hitting that little arrow on the YouTube. (laughs) I yell at you in the car. I use up data. But best of luck to you and and the show. Paulie, it's great to have you here. Uh, We met in college. We talked about wrestling then and still talk about it to this day. So great company. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been watching wrestling every week of my life since 1985. It was the magic Of Hulkamania. It was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the lovely Elizabeth. (laughs) It was rockin' wrestling. We're gonna drink every time we match you deceased wrestlers. I
0: think it's a good good way to do it.
1: My dad, and thank you, Big Joe, for doing this, taking me to the spectrum to watch Hulk and Andre in matching yellow tights (laughs) against Bondi, Stud, and Heenan. And then taping it on Prism. (laughs) It was Mr. Perfect after that, The Warrior, and I've enjoyed it my entire life. There's been ups and downs, we both know it. (laughs) But you can count on it that I'm always watching.
0: Yeah, and there's always going to be something worth watching. Like the whole show. You sure about that? Are you sure about that? I think there's always one nugget Uh... you can take from it. Okay. <laughs> Some of these roles the last couple of weeks have been very difficult to get through. That is something we're definitely going to discuss because I couldn't agree more. And it's something I've been complaining about for at least a month. Uh, and it's getting more difficult, I feel like, by the week. Uh, but the next thing I want to ask, I'll ask Joe this one first. Because I know this is one that I'm not sure Paul even wants to bother answering. But you're Mount Rushmore. I ask everybody. It gives people like a taste of what it is you like in wrestling.
1: My number four, I'll go backwards for you. He who shall not be named. (laughs) Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit the human was a monster. Chris Benoit the wrestler was a monster. The similarities to to Bret and Owen that he learned his time in Japan as his, his Wild Pegasus, his matches with Guerrero when I used to trade tapes and, and watched him in the J-Cup the intensity that he brought to ECW I am a WWE guy like you yes. <laughs> I did not watch much of Nitro I did fall in love early with the Nature Boy and remember the the town Rumble with Steamboat <laughs> and then the ensuing feud with Terry Funk but every one of Benoit's matches and this is a common theme with my four favorite I can still watch to this day without fast forwarding <laughs> the the way that he emulated the dynamite kid and, and I think Daniel Bryan is just a version of Chris Benoit also An an indie darling version of of Chris Benoit. My number four is Benoit, a a monster of a human and and a monster in the ring. My number three, a little, a lot more (laughs)
0: lighthearted,
1: is Kurt Angle. I don't like silly. You guys talk about Uh, that a lot on your show. I do like silly. I do not like silly. I liked when Angle drank milk. The three eyes. <clears throat> I love a good move I, I love when moves are spontaneous When they happen Still to this day when CM Punk piled, Gave a pile driver to Cena mm. On Monday Night Raw My wife happened to be walking by the television And I said did you just see that <laughs> She <laughs> Didn't get the significance of it She didn't care <laughs> I remember uh, someone being perched On the top rope Angle on his back Jumping up, running up Jumping up the top rope and, and doing a belly to belly throw, more of a suplex. I, again, I can watch angle matches for days. Uh, with ease, as he jumped off the top of the cage, um, the clinics that he put on inside the ring,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at angles my number three. Uh, my number two is the greatest wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels. The, the the cockiness of when the Rockers broke up <laughs> and putting him through the glass of the barbershop. Then his good matches with Sherry and the development of his character. One of the things that I think is overlooked with Michaels was that he missed that attitude Era Yep. From from being injured. Um even though he kind of started it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That argument would be made.
1: The, Back to the Future Space Time Continuum. If he was there, he would have changed everything. Yeah, <laughs> But I think he would have changed it for the better. Absolutely. Shawn Michaels is the best. I watch the Mind Games match all the time. And the stuff that him and Foley did you had to see on trade on trading vhs I, tapes. I didn't because
2: i was there as a matter of fact september 22nd 1996. yeah
1: <laughs> my, my cousin was there also and can be seen when, when pausing the uh when pausing third row pausing you the ask third. about the current state and we will get to that i'm yes. going to jump all over the place of course That's fine. i hate that i love monday night raw mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the network. It's the greatest $10 that I spend every month. It is. And if Vince is going to change it, I'm going to pay. <laughs> so are these two. Those so everybody these else. These cups
2: are all full of Kool-Aid. Because we drink it willingly
1: and readily. Vince's Kool-Aid. <laughs> so thank you, Shawn Michaels. My number one is the Nature Boy. He ruled the room. He ruled the ring. His promos are unmatched. His matches are five-star classics. He reinvented himself a few times. He's still funny. Is
2: that the right verb there? Reinvent? Yes, it is.
1: This is my English teacher here.
0: i just saying.
1: He'll holler at me when we're done. I can beat him in Tecmo Bowl, though.
0: The champion. The champ is here.
1: I loved how Ric Flair would go crazy on a promo. I loved how stoic he was as he walked out to the ring. He did his spin and he stood there. That crazy character wasn't a part of that entrance Mm -hmm. until he took the robe off, the belt off, and did a woo or a strut. Ric Flair is awesome. His stuff with Steamboat, it's still wonderful to this day. Those are my top four.
0: Yeah, the, the steamboat flare stuff definitely still holds up. I actually watched their three matches. I forget Chi Rumble. I forget what the other two were exactly, yeah. but unbelievable. Music City
2: Showdown. Mm-hmm. And the third one I'm blanking on.
0: Just interject with it when you remember. I'm sure we'll you do. will.
2: We'll do. So, Paul, but anyway, that's all the time we have today. <laughs> this
0: is, uh, good gravy. So, Paul, I know you have a few different ways of looking at this question.
2: I just Your think Mount that Rushmore. it's such a trendy
0: question. Um, <laughs>
2: You can look at it as is it your favorites or are they pillars of the industry? Do you want to go back? You want to get show off? You want to talk about Jim Alondos in the 30s? <laughs> I, the Mount Rushmore, I would say, in terms of significance of the industry, for me, you um, I, I got to go with Bruno. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that, you know, he was Hulk Hogan before there was Hulk Hogan in an entirely different way. Um, I think Hulk Hogan. Is in the mount on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, duh. Do I have to explain <laughs> it? Um, and then similarly, Stone Cold. Uh, he's the one wrestler where you can talk to anybody. If you're smart or a Mark or a casual fan, whatever. Like everybody respects Stone Cold. And of course, Flair. I think Flair is um, the epitome of what a pro wrestler is. My personal favorite, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> totally different ball game. I mean, Ultimate Warrior is my number one. Okay. Uh, Kurt Henning has always been my number two. Shawn Michaels, number three, and Dino Machino. Dean Malenko is my number four. <laughs> you That's were the a,
0: first person to put Dean Malenko on their Mount Rushmore on the podcast, which y- I love. Y-
2: you know, he's one of those guys, and he's like he's like William Regal. You can talk to any wrestling fan, especially those who are informed, and they're gonna, everybody likes William Regal. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people are like, yeah, they they, they really like Malenko, too. I don't know about that Jay Brown you had on here, who was talking trash about Marty Jannetty. Jannetty <laughs> ch- tends to transcend fire. most Just people's fire. stupidity. That guy, his mother should have thrown him down a well. Jannetty, I think, was like one of those universally likable characters and wrestlers. So that dude, he sucks at life. But yeah, Malenko. I, he was so fluid. And then, like, you know, I found out later that the guy, the guy can't turn his head. He was in a car accident. When he was 17. Mm-hmm. He's got a scar on up his neck. So he broke his neck when he was 17 before he became a wrestler. That's a very limiting injury. And and look at what he did. Yeah. And again, you know, Philadelphia Northeast, we got to see his ECW work. And uh, I, if he's on, I'm
0: watching. There's no fast <laughs> forward. That's it. So you would never fast forward to Dean Malenko. How can that? you? You're going to miss something.
1: Yeah, and their, their, their triple threat match. They did not have the third fall, was that correct?
2: They shook hands, yeah. him and Eddie? They did, they did not do the third fall. They each won a fall, and that was that.
0: Both of you, well, I know you had Hennig on yours. We had somebody last week who had Hennig, so you're the second guy to have Hennig on there.
2: Mr. Perfect.
0: Mr. Perfect I,
2: was... I, I I'm. Ve- I mean, I'm familiar with his career as Kurt Hennig, but, uh, you know, when he got the WWF marketing machine behind him, there's just something about that gimmick, that character, the look. Heenan, I mean... He could have been a world champion with that gimmick.
0: Should have been. Like when that, that's I think a good of, point of conjecture. Yeah, when I think of a vignette in wrestling, Mr. Perfect is the first thing I think of. Like those the throwing the basketball yeah. over his head, making the putt, you know, hit, bowling the strike. Those were incredible. They made you when you were a kid. Anyway, I don't know if you felt like I hated his guts. He was fun to watch. And then, obviously, when I got older and started to know like what's really happening,
2: I wanted to be like him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't think that he would have been ever been a world champion material because I don't think he drew with Hogan.
1: And it's all about the money.
2: And and and, yeah. the, and I and I think that they actually did two separate you know runs, and I just don't think he would have would have. You know, And again, even if he was a big dude laying at the Giants back then, uh, Vince would have panicked, had the belt gone on. him. There were so many other viable candidates for the belt. that I'm sorry, the championship. <laughs> back then, when the he was young. The
0: WWE you know, World Championship with Michael Cole. And be now.
2: politically correct. Yeah, <laughs> Drives me crazy. Yeah,
0: we don't have to be on here, though. You can call, call it a title, you can call it a belt. Oh, but I want Vince to like me. Okay.
2: I want Vince to like so me. So
0: then, yes, the, the championship. The championship. <laughs> <laughs> So now, Paul, I know you said you have three answers to this next question. Oh, no, wait. I'm skipping ahead. Who do you like currently? Could be in WWE, could be in New Japan, Ring of Honor, someplace nobody's ever heard of? Well, it's tough for me to answer that. Um, And let me just,
2: I'm 35, Mm -hmm. I'm married with a child, I've got a full-time job, and wrestling, watching wrestling is a part-time job for me at this point. And if I went through every day of the week, and I and I told you just how much time I devote, you know, Sunday morning I'm watching Ring of Honor from the night before, Monday morning I'm watching, um, what, you know, whatever WWE Network special I might have missed. Mm-hmm. Tuesday I'm catching up on We're All. Um Wednesday is a catch-up day, Thursday uh, was the Cruiserweight uh, Classic, um, Friday I'm watching Impact, Saturday I'm watching New Japan. This is in addition to reading two uh, Wrestling Observer newsletters a week and I listen to at least six to twelve podcasts a week which run anywhere from 45 minutes to, to an hour so my entire life besides working being a husband and a father is devoted to be a pro wrestling fan. <laughs> that is not how it should be I can't digest anything um, you know it wrestlers it more like a full pack it really is <laughs> thank goodness I'm a teacher because let me tell you June, July and August I can do without being guilty, yeah. feeling guilty, but during the school year it, it is too much, and I and nothing sticks. I can tell you every single in your house match from May fourteenth, ninety five, but I can't tell you the main event of last week's RAW. So who do I like nowadays? <laughs> it's tough. Um, I do like AJ. I think he's having one of the greatest years on in you know mm-hmm. a, in a WWE calendar year that we've ever seen before, and thank goodness they're letting him shine. Um, beyond that, you know, I, I do watch TNA. And I don't know if it's the stigma attached to it. I can't gravitate. Years ago, I would have loved to see a Mike Bennett match. Now I find myself fast-forwarding. Um, <laughs> you really think Moose is going to be like your next top prospect? <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you who I don't like, so I probably should try to be more positive. Um, I like a lot of the super juniors that are in New Japan right now. I love Kushida. I love Kota Ibushi. Um, so I'll always watch those matches. I think Austin Aries is probably one of the greatest wrestlers on the face of the earth right now. He has been for the last eight years, and that's the NXT business model. Um, I love Austin Aries. Um, I do like Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I get it. I don't quite see it the way other people do. Um, I think that there's a fandom associated with that subculture that kind of elevates him in most fans' eyes. Um, but I, I will watch his matches. Samoa Joe, same thing. Look, half the NXT roster—they shouldn't even be there. So a lot of those guys, I really do enjoy watching. You know, they're down there. You know, in in double A ball, and some of the clowns that are on R- Raw every week—it's—it's it, mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, so I'm so sorry to take this question so negatively. You don't, but, have, um, you don't have to
0: be sorry. But I, I like just the opinion. You know, it.
2: I I do like Seth Rollins. Um, I was a big Angle fan for the longest time, and then his last couple years in TNA. And don't the guy is a, he really is a cyborg, but his <laughs> matches became so formulaic to me that I found myself fast forwarding through his matches. And I know he was banged up, and I think when the initial um, pattern of his matches was developed, he was very interesting to watch. And, and, and Christian did the same thing in terms of developing that pattern in, in TNA when he was there. But it did get to the point where it was like rinse, wash, wash repeat. It's the same, it's the Bret Hart thing. Um, So right now, I like seeing good in-ring. I like seeing a good presentation of the image. Um, I know Kevin Owens rubs quite a few people the wrong way, but I do enjoy watching him. I think he's been ready for the big time for quite a while. So I don't know. Do I gravitate towards the indie darlings? Am Mm -hmm. I guilty of the fans who uh, who annoy me the most? Maybe. Yes. But I probably, you know, hey, I like like me a good Titus O'Neil (laughs) match. I like some of this. He's probably going to be relegated to commentary soon enough because he's the, the drizzling you-know-whats in the ring. But um, I think when the WWE decides to market somebody properly and give them time and develop them, we gravitate to them. But two to three minutes a week, I, I have no emotional attachment. So
0: yeah, well, I,
2: need, Raw, I need therapy for this question.
0: Well, Raw also has become, it used to be, where it almost was like a TV show that kind of had a beginning, a middle, and an end to it. Whereas now it's just a bunch of. First hour, second hour, third hour. And it's just a bunch of segments just thrown here and there. Not yeah. really like a cohesive show anymore. I do
2: enjoy Jericho. There's the proper epitome of what it means to reinvent oneself. Because the guy has gone <laughs> through so many cyclical kind of. And they're not even character changes, they're just tweaks. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing now, I watch it because I'm intrigued. And then that <laughs> funny equals money right there. Yeah. And it's a different kind of funny than Santino or. Um, you know the, the the other things that You know Jim Cornette would frown upon
0: Yeah Well there's substance to Jericho Absolutely And because he's
2: established He wasn't brought up With a short shelf life mm-hmm. He's not an Adam Rose character Where you're, you're in and out In three to five years
0: So I'm glad you brought up Jericho Uh He's always been Solidly in my top ten Of all time Um Solidly you say Yes Like always Between probably Six and eight-ish Hmm Um even from like 02 to like 07 ish? I'd say from 05? Like 04. He started to be at that level. Is that when me? he
2: cut his hair short?
0: That was a little before. Okay. I kind of turned on him when he cut his hair I, short. He I started a- wearing the, the, the trunks. okay. But, and he, he wasn't meaningful. When he'd come back, they'd like throw him in a couple of matches, but you knew he was just going to lose. 2016 has been incredible for Jericho. Yeah. He's been funny. His matches I think have been good, especially given his advanced age. He's had good stories he's been in for the most part. The uh, Dean Ambrose Asylum match aside. Uh, but That's I Ambrose's think, fault. Well, I would say. That, that meant, to me, that was the worst match of the year so far, I think.
1: Why don't we care that he jumped off the top? We, we still hold such high regard for what Snuka did to Morocco mm-hmm.
2: with Foley in the crowd. That's glorified. <laughs> That's glorified. That's WWE speak. You <laughs> got guys doing 450s and shooting stars and, 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 and Phoenix splashes now. That stuff is, is, right. is really old hat. I, I would disagree with you.
1: I think we overcriticized criticized the match, though.
0: Okay. I can see that. Cause they I put was, the championship on Ambrose. I was, <laughs> they did. I was hypercritical of it. But Jericho, the fact that he got the word it over... The fact that, like, that drink it in man thing, I was waiting for it every week, like, just waiting to laugh at it. Uh, he's been just unbelievably entertaining. I'm kicking around the idea that he may belong on my Rushmore.
1: He is on yours from hearing you over the last three,
2: four, five weeks, every comment that you make. He is. Yeah, I say it every week. He I, might hey, I, I, on why wouldn't he be? Um, and, and, you know, what's arguable is that he's in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame, which, if you know anything about it, the percentage to get in, it's its like the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. And he got in after that uh, that 08 run when he came back with Michaels. And it was just incredible where he re- he reinvented himself with the suit and whatnot. <laughs>
1: Flair's had um, five
2: or six wives.
1: That's a reinvention. Touche.
2: Very good. Um, but... We've seen him. You know, he came up. He was like a cruiserweight. He was like, a, he was a high flyer. He was technical. He was funny. He he changes the look. Um, he does have his finger on the pulse of what works. Um, I listen to all his podcasts, so I, I think that the thing that irks me is that Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho's own biggest fan, which yeah. kind of rubs <laughs> me the wrong way. But um, yeah, d- he's definitely on the Rushmore. Absolutely, I, I had no problem with that.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Now, Joe, what do you Who do you currently love? In the industry right now
1: Current state I love watching an AJ Styles match Now (laughs) I did not like him I I don't like the TNA product I I have not gravitated to it I have not watched it I'll catch a few things I've seen some of the famous triple threat matches I did like what they did with the ring Because it was different They've gone back, they've gone back but, But I did enjoy that Right now What AJ does in the ring is great Scared to death every time he does mm-hmm. the Styles Clash. Mm-hmm. I think the forearm is so over, and it's so simple. And mm-hmm. the way that that he the, the movements that he does that should be his finisher. The crowd pops every time, and he's not going to break anybody's neck doing mm-hmm. it. I don't like his character right now. No, no, no. no I is I, it the haircut?
0: <laughs> you don't like the side? I story. like his hair. I, I, <laughs> no I, I think his
1: hair that. is great. But I, I love his, his ring work. I, I tend to always want to see yeah. his match. I totally agree with that. Um, I love Seth Rollins. I hate his character right <laughs> now. Yep. The, I Last year or two years ago, when Vince said the titles don't matter, no, no faces, no heels... Unfortunately, I think Rollins is caught in that Mm -hmm. trap right now. But once you get him in the ring, he's amazing. I love that triple threat with Cena and Lesnar.
2: That was awesome.
1: And Rollins was so good in that match. All three of them were good in that match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Rollins is great. And number three, where's the jar? (laughs) And we want to cover him as, as a topic. Yes. But John Cena. I do not have any orange shirts. I do not have any green shirts. Actually, someone bought me the wristbands. I had the
0: wristbands.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It was a Christmas Pollyanna. Yes, yes. But Cena's in-ring work is good. Can he be sloppy sometimes? Yes. Does he do the five-knuckle shuffle still, which is just a version of the people's elbow? Yes. Yes. He stopped doing that springboard
2: stunner, which which was awful. I think because it was so dangerous. I mean, he was, like, really jamming people up. Yeah. And he missed it. <laughs>
0: he missed it it was kind of hard to take.
2: Oh, my goodness. Austin said two weeks in, like, that's XNA on
1: the <laughs> springboard stunner, eh? He does Frankensteiners every does. once in a while. On he does. He does the infrared nail. My goodness. <laughs> it's It's crazy. And the, the i w c wants to hate him and I don't know why any longer you asked a question on one of your last shows it, is there any chant which is mean but done lovingly I kind of butchered that up but yeah, I I've, think that John Cena sucks singing i i
2: i, I
0: it's think like a, it's uh, in like love a yeah a
1: yes 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 it is in, so.
2: in on the joke perhaps yeah, yeah. You know he get what's there to hate about him? The dude's a machine. He's a great ambassador. His outfit. Look, look, jorts in 2016. I just 2016. told you I liked him. Holy cow! I, I get all that. We can nitpick. You know, people hated Hogan. People ripped on Warrior, and now everybody's coming out of the woodwork. Oh, look at me in my Warrior shirt. Yeah, yo, bro, where were you defending Warrior 10 years ago when WWE was sending out smear DVDs? But that's another topic for a different day. No, Cena gets a bad rap. I want people that knock his work to go back and look at uh, uh, the WrestleMania from Detroit. That was around the time when Randy Orton, I don't know if you remember this, got in trouble for doing something in the locker room. (laughs) And he got suspended on Raw. And they were without a main event. I believe the date was April 23rd, 2007. So he went out and had an hour-long match with Shawn Michaels. That match...
1: Is better than their Mania match.
2: Holy smokes. It was incredible. And I think at the time they were doing some angle where where Cena and Michaels were kind of like the feuding tag partners who ended up with the straps. Right. Championships, my bad. (laughs) I saved that match on my old DVR for years as proof that, yeah, the guy can work. But you don't need John Cena to be throwing five-star matches and all kinds of technical things. It's not his character or his gimmick. And I hate to tell you, but... And I like Seth Rollins, Mm -hmm. and I love the in-ring stuff, and I love five-star matches. They're never going to draw. WWE will never be a work-rate promotion. They won't. That's why The Miz was a more successful IC champion than Ziggler's going to be. Mark my words now. Because it's character-based. Okay, we're going to get nitpick on his thrown punches and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. We bought that that Hulk Hogan could (laughs) drop a leg and pin Andre the friggin' Giant for years. And I mean... It's pro wrestling. It's nature of the beast, and sometimes we just like we, we, wrestling fans are so quick to kind of like be nitpicky. And mm-hmm. again, we're from the Philadelphia area. I think we see it the most in the Northeast. I actually think the scene of hate started around this region of the country. And when Raw goes to the West Coast and Midwest, who tend to be kinder audiences, they're parroting what they see yeah. in New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, etc. Um, the guy draws money, man. He does the Make a Wish thing. He's a nice guy. We want wrestling to be taken seriously when well, he's a great brand amb- ambassador. People need to, like, really find something better to worry
0: about. Yeah, so to your point about him being a brand ambassador, he could. he's trying to get into Hollywood now. Good for him. Why it, wouldn't he? It, right, but what he's doing is he's going out and doing these projects that's getting him on the map, mainstream, and then he's, he's going back and kind of trying to bring these people back to WWE with him to kind of increase their audience. There's it, nobody else... Capable no, of doing that, right? It's
2: now. a very appropriate model. They tried doing that with Bruno 30 years ago. They tried to phase him out and phase Hogan in. Bruno had to fall out with Vince. But they've done this kind of thing before where you become like the Emeritus champion and you kind of take a back seat. You're not in the title scene. Everybody wanted him out of the title scene. He was out of the title scene. People still complained. You know, they're doing something different now with the world title. Um, they, they phased Reigns out of that picture. Um, Again, wrestling fans want the product to be taken seriously by mainstream. It's never going to happen. It's, it's a subculture within a subculture. And for you indie fans, it's a genre within a subgenre. So I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. We can't please you. But he's perfect in the role that he's in. And you look at how long he's been on top. And he's doubled, more than doubled, how long Hogan was on top. That is incredible. With more exposure, with more media to fill, I don't know. Who, who's going to do it better? Can Seth Rollins do it? Yes, sure, absolutely. But it's like, he's got that it factor that other people don't have, and it's not manufactured. Yeah,
1: no. One either. thing that you say mm-hmm. on the show, when you do that guy's voice. Oh, who would have
0: thought Job Cena? And uh, who was it? Oh, AJ Styles would have had the match of the night. It's like his matches were great for a solid yes. year before he left.
1: I, ha- I want to submit something uh-huh. to you, uh, if I may. Yes. You need to give out the, oh, my God, John Cena award <laughs> for the match of the night.
0: I, I'm writing it down right now. Yeah,
1: he. The, the, going back to those three guys in the original question, and I love where this went. Mm-hmm. But Rollins,
2: AJ, and Cena, they're typically in the match of the night. Yeah. yeah and, and it's, more, it's more than the moves in the ring it's the way the match is laid out you know, if you look at Edge mm-hmm. and Ric <laughs> Flair and things like that and I've said this for years um, it has less to do with the execution of the moves and more so with the pattern of the match and I don't mean pattern is repetitive and I know Flair has been panned for that and Bret Hart but the transitions in an Edge match when he was clicking on all cylinders that's what made him a Hall of Fame-worthy wrestler. Okay, Cena has that ability. And again, it's not the execution of the punches and the moves; it's what he does in response to the moves done previous to that. What comes next? He's very good at that. Mm-hmm. And you can't not be good and be a main event draw. He just headlined his 60th pay per view and broke the record previously held by Triple H. That's incredible. So, is a good worker somebody who can do the top rope hee biddy boo Or is a good worker somebody who can get the fan base with a limited moveset? Limited moveset since he doesn't seem to be flashy. Six to eight pay-per-views over the course of, what, 14 years? Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn impressive. It is.
1: What he did in that U.S. title
2: open was, it was awesome. awesome. And guess what? I was excited every week to see who was coming down Man. the aisle. They botched Owens a little bit, but I think he recovered. He did. But that was definitely, they elevated one to lower championships. And again, this is after Vince had said that there's no stock to be had in the championships.
0: Yeah. And another thing, so what they did with Owens, and you know WWE loves to rewrite its own history all the time. Hey, you don't say. Yeah. So Kevin Owens will always have that he came in and beat John Cena, regardless of what happened after. He did suffer a little bit afterwards. But now he's the, the longest reigning universal champion in WWE yeah, it's in Raw. something to behold, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but Cena also, he you're invested. Like, if you hate him, that at SummerSlam, people hated him and actually got the crowd into the match. Let me ask you this.
2: And yeah. I hate to cut you off. You were at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Do you think people truly do hate him? Do you think the people that are saying John Cena sucks are later on in the match going, Hey, that was pretty good. Do you think they
0: do give him the just deal? I think... And here, this is actually the thing that pissed me off the most. Uh, I do think there are people that hate him, and here's why. When he lost the match and he sat in the ring all stunned and dejected, and he took off the armband and placed it in the ring almost like, I'm going to leave you for a little while, I'm going to miss you, and he walked out with his head down, I immediately stood up and gave him a standing right. cause he deserved because it because he cared. The entire section around me, other than Aaron, who was sitting next to me, was sitting and just glad that he lost. But guess what? Those are the <laughs>
2: same people... Who, to show off to their friends and their fake girlfriends and whatnot, are lauding Bret Hart. And let me tell you something. Bret Hart was over because Bret Hart believed in Bret Hart, the character. He still does, maybe to a scary degree. He believed in the value of a fake belt. He believed in the value of what Bret Hart did in the ring. That's what made him so emotionally available to a larger fanbase. We took Bret Hart for granted. I guarantee all three of us did. We saw him on Superstars and Spotlight and Challenge and Raw and the pay-per-views. And I remember there were a couple of times where I was like, this guy "Again, <laughs> let me tell you something. I put on an old Bret Hart match and I go, goodness gracious, shame on me for not taking him more seriously because he was the real deal in the ring. That's a huge similarity between John Cena and Bret Hart. They care. There's an emotional investment of themselves in themselves in this fake, wild world of wrestling.
1: Yeah. How did you react when Bad News gave them the Inzagiri and then won that mm-hmm. Laugh. Laugh. Royal Royal? you pay? <laughs> I
2: wasn't watching back then, man. was watching in 86.
1: <laughs> How many times have you watched that on the network or on you
2: tape? Know, I knew it was happening. So Uh-oh. I do think that Bad News had one of the greatest names for a finishing maneuver. The ghetto blaster.
0: That just screams of like
2: macho. Wow. Yeah. The awesome.
0: ghetto blaster. <laughs> so yeah, I'm le- it's funny because you hear all the Cena hate, but almost everybody I interact with respects just him, it annoy seems me. like. And I don't know if it was like that a year ago. I didn't like him, but I, I stopped watching for a while and I just bought into the whole idea of like, oh it's Cena, he's always gonna win. Right. As I started watching and paying attention and not writing him off, the US Open challenge. It won me over, and people complained about, "Oh, he buried everybody." No, he didn't. Like Sami Zayn, most of the WWE universe didn't know who Sami Zayn do, was. Do people still complain about burials? That's so. Yeah. That's so Triple
2: H from two thousand four. <laughs> like really? How do you expect people to get over this parody booking? This is why you have a main event roster, a mid card roster. And a lower card roster. This is the biggest roster of mid carders because it's parody booking. Like, what do you want? You want established mm-hmm. stars? Guess what? Other people are going to have to job to them. It's yeah. not a bad thing. Right. Again, people are
0: hating to hate. Mm hmm. Yeah. But he put a lot of these guys on the map. Sure. Like Neville, put him on the map. Sami Zayn, put him on the map. He had Bret Hart introduce him when he came out. I mean, yeah. that was a huge deal for Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens, same thing. He actually took a loss to Kevin Owens. He's. Lost to AJ Styles, what three times now? Yeah. So.
2: How about the the fourteen suplexes from Brock?
0: Yeah, he didn't yeah, have he to agree to that. that, but he did. Yeah, that was the most, maybe the most one sided main event. Do no you think Hogan would
2: have done that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hogan Hogan had six figure contracts for people brought in to do the jobs for him. Yeah. So. And made them pay beefcake. (laughs) It it boggles my mind the way people try to analyze this, but this is why I don't do social media.
0: (laughs) You're you're probably better off. Uh, It's not an easy thing to do. I'd be behind bars. Forget (laughs) it. Yeah, but to to answer your your initial question, there there is a level of legitimate hate for that guy. Unbelievable, crazy
1: fans. When Raw comes to Philly in December, you can cheer Cena. Yeah, how
0: about you give him a
2: hand? (laughs) It's all right.
0: Round applause. Yeah, because, I, I mean I clap for the guy now.
2: G- guess yes. what? I guarantee if Hogan comes out you're gonna you're gonna give the nostalgia pop for him. Yeah. Well how is Cena any different? Right.
1: he will call it the Superdome or the Silverdome. It's alright,
2: it's Hulk Hogan.
0: It's will call it the Spectrum.
2: I was <laughs> oh, I'd pop for that. So Are you I? kidding me? Honestly. I, I was, was there for that,
0: for that too, mind. by the way. <laughs> Were you really? The WrestleMania 30, yes. That's right. Yeah. I was there. That was a good night. I'm sure that was a good time. It was excellent. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, next question. And a lot of people don't like to answer it or say I can't pick one, you don't have to. Yeah. A favorite match or favorite match is?
1: Can I give you three? Absolutely. My first match has not stood the test of time. <laughs> uh I told you about falling in love with the magic of, of Hulkamania, the the rock and wrestling, uh the the, the WrestleManias. You said watching it matches in fuzz.
0: <laughs> uh, We've all done it. I'm no done
1: it. <laughs> That's a 1990s joke for you guys. Yeah. You, uh, uh,
0: the,
1: the, the, the training tapes, the buying tapes, the going to Blockbuster to, to rent them. Mm-hmm. But my first favorite match, it was on a Coliseum Home video. It was a part of a tournament. And I'm sorry, I forget what it's called. But it was Ricky Steamboat against Davy Boy Smith. And as I'm watching this tape, I looked on it as amazement because two good guys were wrestling each other, (laughs) which was rare. And at that time, it was the good guy versus the bad guy, and Hogan would win. But this particular event, it was Steamboat, the, the Black Trunk days, against the British Bulldog. And you can find it. It is out there. It's about five minutes long, if that. About what year? It's a double disqualification or somebody gets injured at something. But it was the first time that I saw two good guys wrestling (laughs) and enjoyed every minute of it. What year was that?
0: I, I want to say
2: 86? 86. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. I, I want to say 86, WrestleMania 2. You referenced Andre earlier in his yellow phase. That was
1: 86. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing the yellow. So
2: I'm thinking it's yeah. about
1: there. Yeah, yeah. So Steamboat against Davey Boy. When you yeah. go back, you'll say, this kind of stinks. It does not stand the test. Ah. But that moment. That was one of those Aha moments mm-hmm. for me
2: Hit you right there Yeah, oh, uh, yeah It was so that's good That's what wrestling does it was, it was so good you even left been it? lifting uh, It's, it's push ups oh my, <laughs> my,
1: uh, my number two Is I, I think The best match WrestleMania match Of all time Is Stone Cold And Bret Hart The double switch The Special guest referee mm-hmm. Who I think Shamrock's underrated He is and the, the, the blood The, the no tap mm-hmm. The booing of Brett The clapping of Stone Cold mm-hmm. uh, Remember I love a good move uh, The figure four On the, the, guard, the, the Turnbuckle yeah. As far as I know that was the first time I remember seeing him do it I'm sure he did it prior mm-hmm. But that was the big stage That match was awesome My favorite match of all time is Macho and Warrior from WrestleMania Seven? Mm. The emotion and and I think all did the, you cry the first time you <laughs> saw that? I don't think so, which means I did.
0: <laughs> which is yes.
1: Yeah. Remember, not Remember to don't me. be on the fence. <laughs> yeah. yes that's right. No. That's right. And if I have to think about it, I I I, oh, yeah. I probably did. But this formula with everybody kicking out of finishers. Huh. I think it's the Warrior and Macho Man's fault. The Undertaker and Shawn did that formula better, but I think the Warrior and Macho Man started it.
2: That match and Elizabeth at the end. And then Sherry and all that stuff, and they showed the crowd. And then that (laughs) woman crying in front of her. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) It was awesome. Can I just tell you? I didn't want him to
2: retire. It, it was. It, that's my favorite match. I have a picture of Savage, Warrior, and Sherry, <laughs> taken before that match. They're in their get-ups. and they're their arms around each other. No fanny packs. <laughs> They're going to the ring, man. Um, a buddy of mine found it on a wrestling newsboard. He sent it to me, and they're all uh, they have their arms around each other. It was right before they went out, and um, I actually have that photo framed in my classroom. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Was Macho still? Scripting his whole matches at that point, uh, he was pretty meticulous in uh, calling things out as as or scripting things out. As far as I know, um, Warrior had gone to him for permission to pin him with the foot on the chest because Savage oh that to too, him. that is. But but Savage, he always said that Savage was very kind to him, in saying yeah, do the pin that way because he wouldn't have let anybody else do it. And the whole deal with that was Savage was taking time off to have a family and things like that. Um, I don't know if it was like scripted per se. We hear the, the legend of uh, him and Steamboat with every... Um, Five or six pages. Well, they had mm. they had numbers for months. Um, they'd walk by each other in the locker room and Savage would say, you know,
0: 63, and, and Steamboat <laughs>
2: would have to repeat the sequence at the Deep arm fence. drag. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, people say that it's like, whatever it takes away, but I mean, if we're going to like pan everything that's choreographed out, then there's no such thing as a movie industry. Yeah. Um, back to what you're saying, was it planned out? I don't know. Um, I don't know if they had agents. I'm sure they did on such a big show show with a big match but that what a great match yeah your favorite mm-hmm. match I, I can't complain <laughs> about that thank hit you. you right here thank hit
1: you hit you right here <laughs> i take that as a compliment oh man yeah. i'm i'm yeah. tough crowd but i yeah, that's, that's
0: good high, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised you're giving such high praise oh here. my goodness I wasn't expecting it now paul your favorite match or multiple favorite matches? i got three <laughs>
2: okay. i got three um my first favorite match is, um, it was actually Melina versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that watch, you're tough enough and get your inside humor. No. Um, I- I'll work backwards like you did. Uh, now, you know what? I'll actually go one, two, three because I think the other two are actually pretty surprised. My favorite match of all time was the aforementioned Eddie Guerrero, Di Malenka best of three matches when they were going to WCW. Beautiful. Now again, I'm 14 years old. I'm watching ECW every week. I think I'm a renegade hardcore fan. Mm-hmm. I probably would have been that kid billing Cena. <laughs> and they're going to WCW, which I was like really glad for, national exposure. But man, um, the ECW crowd from the more respected journalists get such a bad rap, the <laughs> mutants. But the crowd made that match. We knew they were going. Um, the moves were, you know, the moves were great. The transitions were awesome. The emotion at the end, they they did about the third fall. I just remember being a fourteen-year-old kid, and again, it's a little bit less about the moves in the ring and more about the way it makes you feel. And I yeah. just remember being thinking that it's the perfect combination of athleticism and emotion. That's always my favorite match, and, and I can watch, and I love that you brought up the fact there's a term of standing the test of time, because so much of what we saw in our childhoods doesn't. You admit that first match, kind of, may, maybe not, but for me, I think that match actually still holds up. My second favorite match, um, and I've heard a lot of people really pan this match, uh, main event WrestleMania 14, Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold. And what's magical about that match is that Michaels... Did not even Could not even Tie his boots For the match mm-hmm. The guy couldn't Bend over The guy had a Broken back I
1: remember the pain Yeah As he was given The elbow I think it's the second And test. he the grimaces says, And
2: tie. they've done That mm-hmm. in video packages If you go into That match Knowing That he had to Have somebody else Do his boots for him And then look at What he did I couldn't do that on my best day and I'm in pretty good shape. Yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. And of course, Austin was there and it was the Attitude Era. I remember I watched that match at my buddy's house. Um, I actually think I was in an AOL chat room the whole
0: time. That's awesome. And I
2: probably wasn't giving it the attention I, it deserved. Um, but in retrospect, <laughs> and you know, you look how Michaels had to reinvent himself, you know, four years later, is that word again, reinvent, we keep going mm-hmm. back to him. That match was incredible considering the fact that he's, his lower back was destroyed. My third favorite match. It's going deep. Mm-hmm. This is this is going obscure. Um, it was from the first ECW one-night stand. Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka. Oh, baby. <laughs> they broke about 11 billion tables. It was an absolute... You know, I, the purists would call it a spot fest. The purists can go throw themselves off a bridge because I'm better than all of them anyway. You look at that match. These guys have been out of the mainstream. Tanakh is still going strong. How he has brain cells after 20 right. years of doing that stuff, I've got no clue because I still think he takes chair shots without protecting himself. Mm-hmm awesome would do that powerbomb where he wouldn't even lay you flat he kind of threw you and you would land in that convex kind (laughs) of position with your butt through the table and I think there was one powerbomb there was multiple over the top powerbombs where Tanaka's head slid under the guardrail at the Manhattan center in front of the crowd and I'm thinking to myself and he gets up and keeps on doing and it was like it was a spot fest it was total pro wrestling it was like the third match yeah it was the third match who had to follow this and beat that kid it might have been it might have been everything that was gratuitous and wrong they didn't mess up everything was done crisply and well they didn't die yeah, well, <laughs> that's a bad joke. <laughs> no, I, in the ring, they die in the ring. You're right. Yeah. But I just like really enjoyed that match. And again, maybe it's because I was such an ECW guy, and I was so excited for, you know, one night stand. Um, I went to the show the following year. Um, but that match. Is my third favorite match of all time, and every time I watch it, I really oddly get excited for it. <laughs> Who knows?
0: Yeah. Do you think you'll watch it again anytime soon?
2: I'll probably
0: go. Tonight. am not going to watch it, it tonight? <laughs> no,
2: because tonight I have to finish the New, the, the New Japan show, um, <laughs> Katsuyori Shibata versus Tomohiro Ishii. but maybe I'll put time in now. And I haven't watched it in a few years, but I did watch it a few years ago, and I said, man, it holds up. To me, at least, and that's all that matters. We know that, right? Laugh. Hey. <laughs>
0: I gotta give you a lot of credit for the amount of wrestling you are currently watching. Uh, because. At least somebody does. I, yeah, I cannot do it. I don't know if you can do no, it. No, I don't. Like, I, I just. And I want to. There's stuff I want to watch. It is not easy, like, Ron. I, I can't. I, and you know what? If I did watch it, I'd probably not be half paying attention to it. Well. Like I do that with Raw almost every. And how
2: much are you texting and tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming and snapping <laughs> and chatting?
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. It's it's very difficult to keep up with. So I can really appreciate and respect the fact that you're that level of dedication. Thank at this you. Point. I do wear it as a badge of honor. I, I, <laughs> I do. I probably came off as analytical and know
2: it all and and whatever. But I we do love it. Um, I've tried to calculate how much money I've spent on wrestling. <laughs> uh, I'm putting Aurora Levesque through college. <laughs> You know, they say that an expert... No, you're not. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have <laughs> tuition. But they say that an expert is someone who spent 10,000 hours doing their their practiced field. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I had that down in the mid-90s. Yeah. And guess what? Most wrestling fans probably have, too. I'm not the only one. And yet the WWE continues to kind of negate an audience that are bona fide experts. Yeah. I don't care that we've never taken a bump or we haven't done this or that. That's a really really um, condescending way to think about your audience. It is. I, I think there are a lot of experts, and a lot of what we say is very, um, is very valid. Now, I wouldn't go out and, and fantasy book WrestleMania, per se, like some people would.
0: <laughs> but I think ideas
2: of listening to the fan base can get you over the hump. They're about ratings and marketing and the almighty dollar, so... Maybe I'm not long for this world, Ron. I don't know. Um, I haven't stopped so far, but I, I do have my bestest friend in the world who came to me a couple of weeks ago in a moral conundrum, and he said, mm-hmm. I'm done watching Raw. And it was like, it was a shot to the heart. Yeah. And he could have told me he was getting divorced. I would have. <laughs> I would said, really? It's like that scene in a movie where the, it goes backwards. <laughs> yeah. The, face the, the full house music started yeah. playing. Yeah. Then kind of, I said, really? <laughs> he said, I can't do it. He said, they put that belt on it, championship Mm -hmm. on Ambrose I can't take it seriously it's too long I'm not invested and this is a guy who purely watches WWE because he's emotionally invested in the product the characters and and the style of storytelling he does not watch Raw and this is a kid who can tell you every single WCW occurrence from 92 till about 98 (laughs) and I mean with crisp clarity he's a wrestling fan but they've driven him off and I think I do it more out of OCD than anything else I really do
0: (laughs) Now, we have a few minutes left. We've mentioned the word reinvent quite a few times here. One of the things that bothers me about WWE is how safe they play it. They're not taking any chances anymore. They're not taking any risks. They're really the only game in town. They have nobody to compete with. Now, the WWE Network is sort of a reinvention of the business, not the product we're watching on TV, though. I'll give you the first answer on this, and then give you the, the last word here. What do you think it will take or will WWE ever reinvent the way they're the way they're producing their product on TV every Monday and Tuesday? Or will we just keep getting the same kind of generic wrestling show that we've been getting?
2: Their product's homogenized. It's been homogenized. They have not done any major production changes since about 2002. The raw stage, the setup, the ramp, everything. It is exactly the same. The opening segment's going to be 15, 18 minutes. It's going to be a promo. <laughs> I mean, we know this to be true. They're going to do something. They go to a commercial break at about 57 minutes after the hour. They come back on at about 59 minutes. You know, I can call it. I know exactly how to fast-forward my DVR and mm-hmm. stop because I know exactly when it's coming back on. Um, you know... I know on a tag match on SmackDown when they're going to do um, a single heat spot or a double heat spot <laughs> and how many segments it's going to take I've, we know what's going to happen I wish they would play around with the formula um, you look at Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor catches on because they'll take the formula and they tweak it it's not tackle, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss there's something in between and when you think you know it's going to happen, to quote Roddy Piper just <laughs> when you think you have all the answers they'll change the question <laughs> yeah. This new era thing, would it last? Two weeks? Would they change the camera angle? They have a new ramp? But guess what? They got the ramp from New Japan. <laughs> it's not new. Um, no, I have no faith. As long as Vince is at the helm, as long as Kevin Dunn is in charge, nope, absolutely not. I have faith that eventually down the line should Hunter get control that different things will be incorporated and changed up. It will go to the less entertainment. But you're right, they play it safe, and they're not going to stop. It's down to marketing and advertisers and sponsors. They don't care about us. Because guess what? We're doing a podcast about it. We're going to give them their their money and time. That's really all that matters to their bottom
0: line. Right. Joe?
1: Vince's job is the stockholders.
0: So you don't see them reinventing their product on TV anytime in the near future?
1: No, I don't. As much as Vince McMahon, the amount of entertainment he's giving me throughout Mm my an entire life yeah. <laughs> he is more worried about Braun Strowman against Big Cass
0: <laughs>
1: than a five star classic that the three of us want to see he's more worried about the Big Show and Kane I think Brock Lesnar's contract and, and again and it all goes back to performing for the stock price he doesn't care about the product he cares about the stock price mm-hmm. I I don't I don't see it changing. Uh Triple H, this is probably a good place to stop
0: <laughs> is a topic
1: is a topic for another day. Yes. And I think it was said best when CM Punk sat on that stage
0: <laughs>
1: and they said, Here you go, kid, say whatever you want. And the comments he made about Paul, Stephanie and Vince I think it was true and then Hunter booked him against himself and Kevin Nash and ruined the summer of punk. But, but I digress. I I do not see it changing. I will continue to watch. I will continue to pay. I'm still trying to figure out if we can go to San Antonio for the Rumble mm-hmm. or go to Orlando for Mania. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to Monday Night Raw, though. The, the, the product is awful. You can't
0: fast forward. No, and no. That's why I stuck there the whole time. Nope. And paying for parking. I start watching Raw at 8.48 p.m.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to go to Monday Night Raw. The the product's awful, but I'm going to continue to pay. It's not going to change, but anyway, thank you. Thank you, Vince.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank you, Vince. We may not always be happy, but... I wear my worker boots. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I like those. I didn't even notice them before. My wife loves them, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Matt Madness unsanctioned. You can join us again for another episode with these two guys very soon. For Paul Carboni. For Joe Lafferty, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you soon. now, put down right now. Hit with the tuning up the band y'all don't understand This a superman it's a summer slam here we go again fans mocking man man i hate my boss this mystery, man. it ain't shake the land off the cell fans love it ain't hard to tell talking madness awesome well what i'm cooking man y'all off the smell